employees and using them as an asset in your business. And it's really going to be about attracting and cultivating high-performance employees today in our discussion. So let's get started. You know, we've already established that people power your business. And it's really that performance that counts. We all want high-performing employees in our organization. But exactly what is a high-performing employee? And how do we find them, attract them? to our business and motivate them once we get them and keep them. If you look at the common characteristics of high-performance employees, you'll find that they talk about things like a sense of direction, clear goals, being a person who's action-taking and being able to take initiative, having intelligence and being able to problem-solve and face challenges head-on, being team-oriented, being a team player, and having the capability and the desire to build strong relationships. Being likable is important, too. Committed person who's reliable and persistent doesn't give up. A lifelong learner is an important characteristic of a high-performing employee, someone who's motivated to improve themselves, who sees the big picture, And that goes along, of course, with having goals and wanting to have a sense of direction. And they're usually very feedback-oriented, meaning they want to know how they're doing. They want somebody to be paying attention and giving them construction feedback about their performance. They're very productive people. And it seems like high-performance employees are already pretty motivated and have the ability to keep themselves motivated. So given that, what is the organization's role in attracting and cultivating high performance? Perhaps it's to provide an environment where people can excel and thrive that includes learning, growing, and the autonomy to try new things without the fear of failure or any repercussions. Brendan Bouchard defines high performance as succeeding above and beyond the standard norms over the long term. The business owner's job is to make sure that the long term is spent in their business. Yet two-thirds of high performers say that they're not supported in their efforts to improve themselves and their skills by their bosses. There's a concept in economics and risk management called adverse selection, and it refers to a negotiation or a buy-sell arrangement where one party has information the other party does not have. And this information that's missing leads to choices that can negatively impact one of the parties. For example, suppose you are hiring a vendor but had a budget that did not represent the fair market value for the goods and services that you were after. Chances are you would attract vendors who were subpar or new or inexperienced, people that perhaps didn't have the best quality and were therefore willing to take less than the going rate because that's all they could get. You wouldn't necessarily know you were getting less than great quality, because that's where your budget was set and you wouldn't really 
ha necessarily have that information. So the resulting level of service would likely be disappointing to you. And if you think about a hiring budget and it's lower than what the market demands for high performance in that position, you may not be able to attract the right people. And if your culture and your management team and your environment doesn't support autonomy or lifelong learning or provide some sort of mentorship and the other things that high performers are looking for, if you do attract them, chances are they will eventually leave in search of another environment that supports them in meeting their goals and pay structures. So let's examine three areas of your business and organization where you can create something that will allow you to attract and, ret and retain those high-performing employees. One thing is an environment of lifelong learning. High performers want to learn and grow, and they're looking for ways to continuously improve. They want frequent feedback, as we've already mentioned, on their performance. They're happy to manage their own learning and direct it, even spend their own time getting it. But they would like to be supported in that effort. Things like mentoring programs with frequent feedback sessions and tuition allowances for outside learning at seminars or even degree programs are great ways to create a supportive, continuous learning environment. There has to be a plan to allow some missteps and failures as people that are learning need that necessary component in order to learn. We learn more from our mistakes often than we do from anything else. So high-performing employees want the ability to take the initiative and the environment that supports that without the threat of failure causing any serious repercussions. Another thing you can do is in the area of productivity. High-performing employees want to contribute consistently and have the opportunity to learn something new on their assignments. And they are usually highly productive. And they want their environment to be highly productive and effective, too. Too many meetings or too lengthy meetings, no crisp purpose or agenda, can frustrate high performers as they can look at it as a waste of time. They're accustomed to getting more done in less time, so they want things to be efficient. Although they usually hold teamwork in high regard, they want teams that are dedicated and focused on results, like they are. They're natural time managers, and they expect everyone else to manage their time, too. So starting late, ending late, not respecting other priorities can create stress for them and an environment that they don't want to be in. They want to be part of an impactful, decision-making environment that lacks disorganization and has good direction and sound decision-making and planning so they know where you're going because that's important to them in deciding where they're going. Anything less will not be an attractive fit for the high performer. The third area where you can impact your high-performing employees 
is in the area of health and fitness. Now, not just a gym in the building, but a healthy organization and fit employees filled with integrity and solid goals that align with their goals. High performers have a people orientation and a strong work ethic. And it's important that a strong work ethic be valued and enforced in your organization. High performance employees really need to see that people are consistently held to high standards like the standards they hold themselves to. So sharing expectations and goals and being transparent with plans demonstrates integrity and all those things help the high-performing employee feel like they are in a high-performance environment, positioned for success through their contribution. Even the physical space should be healthy and fit. It should be well cared for, aesthetically pleasing, efficient, polished, and professional-looking, neat and clean, well-lit. Those areas should be in good repair, and all of that employees are valued and it adds to the perception of a healthy place to work. Most high-performing employees want to understand how they can improve and see the big picture for their growth into the future. So it's important to have development plans for employees and to set goals periodically and also to hold many follow-up sessions with people, not just the one-year performance review that is typical in many organizations, but giving fresh feedback on a regular basis in a constructive way helps to keep that continuous growth and learning front and center. That annual performance review is really becoming a thing of the past, and for those companies that even do them, it just doesn't fit the bill as it's not done often enough and isn't always used to lay out the path for the next period. If a high-performing employee doesn't see the path to progression in their learning and growth and income and experiences, they will not stick around. So let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about who your high performers are in your organization, and we'll be right back. If you are a woman who struggles in a business world that keeps your earnings lower than they should be and doesn't support the success you want, no matter how long and hard you work, then I would like to speak with you. Hi, I'm Nancy O'Keefe, and as an executive coach, I'm on a mission to help women maximize their earning potential and create a business life that serves them. You know, success is unique to each one of us. And cookie-cutter career and business models don't give most of us what we want and need. I help women just like you develop their own style of success and learn how to find more opportunity, increase their earning power, and create a business life they love. I'd love to speak with you. Sign up for a free Love Your Business Life consultation with me at www.nancyokeefecoaching.com. And let's schedule a time to talk.
Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who've been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back to One Opportunity Not. I'm your host, Nancy O'Keefe, and we're talking about attracting and cultivating high-performing employees for your organization. So who are your high performers? Do you know? Do you know what skills and talents you have in your organization? The majority of CEOs say they do not have a good handle on the skills and talents that exist in their organizations. Do you have any hidden high performers? Even in an organization of 25 people, it's very hard to know everyone well enough to find the hidden performance, no less cultivate them. Spotting talent is a skill, and it takes focus, time, practice, even a a process. And we're all very busy, so there's not a lot of time to spend often on this. And the view we have of our employees starts with a one-page resume and an interview to determine how well they will match the one-page job description they were being considered for. People become labeled by their job title, the job. We hang on to it very tightly, and our job title defines who we are. I'm an accountant. You're a teacher. I'm a manager. You're a business owner. A job is a label. And people make a lot of assumptions about you based on that label. They can guess your education level and from that make many assumptions about your income level, the kind of car you drive, the kind of house you live in, whether you belong to the golf club or send your kids to private school. People form opinions about a person, about their intelligence, how well motivated they are, what they're capable of, and how much success they will have or have had, all based on this label. And this opinion is one of the fundamental places where we shortchange our businesses and our employees as we prejudge people based on a story that we concocted around their job title. And we all do it. The world has become fast-moving and complicated, and we're busy. And we need a way to compartmentalize all the information we are overloaded with to keep it all straight. But your employees are so much more than their job title. You might think you know them. You might think that you know a lot about them personally. 
from your conversations around the coffee pot or what have you. But the things that they reveal are guarded. The things on the resume that they shared with you when you first them, where you first began to form that opinion, were only things that they felt were relevant to the position you had open that they were applying for. In most cases, your employees have probably developed many other skills and talents through a variety of life experiences and other jobs. They probably have talents you have no idea about. There are three types of skills we usually look at when we're in the hiring process. And as we try to determine if someone is a good candidate for the job, we look at what they can do, also known as their transferable skills, what they know, what they've learned, known as their knowledge-based skills, and we try to ascertain how they're going to fit in our organization, which is usually based on personality traits and attitude and behaviors. Once the employee is in the job, we probably can learn a little bit more about them, but again, the information they share may be guarded. We might learn about their hobbies and a little bit about their family and some of their interests. But the larger the organization and the farther you are away from contact with that person on a day-to-day basis, the less you'll be able to learn. And people are consistently developing and changing, but our impression of them doesn't necessarily change as they do. We think they're capable of is rarely altered after the hiring process. That first impression is lasting and it's hard to shake. We spend a lot of time learning about our customers and very little time learning about our employees. When the need arises for new talent or new skills on a new project, there may be an internal posting of the job, but in more cases than not, an outside search at considerable expense is undertaken at the same time. Many of the employees that I speak to feel the internal job posting is just a requirement, a formality, and that that position has probably already been filled or slated to be filled and that they don't have a chance. In many cases, people have told me they wouldn't even apply for it. And it's a well-known fact that it costs less to sell something new to an existing client than it does to find a new client, right? The same holds true for employees. It costs less to redeploy an existing resource, even if you have to train them, than to acquire a new resource because the cost of the search, the screening, the hiring, and the training have to all be factored in. So it might be four or five or six times more to get someone new in your organization than to retrain or redeploy someone you already have. And how sure are you that that new employee is actually going to work out? When you're looking internally for solutions, it's easier to find you know will work out because you've got experience with them. You know a little bit about them. Let's take another break and 
When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. We'll be right back. You can be the best at what you do and still not find the success you want if your ideal clients can't separate you from your competition. So how can you stand out? You need a sustainable, competitive advantage that gets clients' attention. When it's hard for clients to differentiate you from others that do what you do, you need to help them see you as the best choice. I call it a superpower. And the good news is, everyone has one. So contact me, Nancy, at nancyokeefecoaching.com to learn how you can discover your superpower and stand out from the crowd. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Welcome back to An Opportunity Knock. We're talking about hiring and attracting, retaining high-performance employees in your organization. You know, the arduous task of hiring could be simplified by comparing a sound definition of what's needed to what talent is already in-house. The problem with this is that most companies don't know what they have in-house in the way of talent, and some don't adequately define what they need. So doing that comparison is really a task that is too difficult to take on. But having this knowledge would allow companies to streamline the search process, to save money, to minimize the risk of bringing somebody on board that wasn't a good fit, to provide existing employees with more opportunity for advancement, and to give star employees the opportunity to grow and learn. So it's really an investment you want to think about making in your organization. Understanding the longer-term company hiring needs and being able to assess that gap between what exists and what must be developed ahead of the actual needs gives a company many more options to close that gap. Rather than just posting or going outside the organization to hire when you need it and you're in a bit of a time crunch, you'll have the added option of time for training the newly qualified or nearly qualified existing employee and building an internal bench to fill the need in the future. By keeping things out on the radar and kind of being always in in the mode of hiring, looking for the talent 
and finding it when it's available rather than when you need it, you can be in a much better position to fill your bench with those high performers. It's kind of like buying something in a retail store. Let's take a dress as an example. You're going to a party and you need uh, a dress, cocktail dress for the party. If you go to the store the day before, you'll have trouble finding something. But if you think ahead and you're constantly looking for something, you'll find just the exact right thing you're looking for because you don't have the pressure. Be forced to make a decision that is maybe not the right decision. You're not going to be put in a position where you have a limited field of choices. You'll be always looking everywhere you go, and your chances of finding what you're looking for increase dramatically when you're not under that pressurized time crunch. So the other thing you can do is to, when you're out in front of it, adjust the needs slightly through changing the job duties or maybe the role to fit the talent that you find or that's available or is already in the organization. So it gives you a lot more flexibility if you can get out in front of that. But the way we think about human capital in our organizations really needs to change. We have moved through the industrial age where people came to work in the factories. It was all new. People needed to be managed and controlled, and there were a lot of rules around how to do things. It was an unskilled labor force, and they were needed to run the machines. They didn't need to have a lot of skills to run the machines in the factories. Through the ages, we've moved through the information age most recently, where required skill levels were higher and harder to find. There were many industries even who had difficulty finding qualified people. But we're really at the end of the information age as well, and we're at the dawn of what is being called the people age, where people will become a most valuable asset, even a major differentiator for businesses, and perhaps even a competitive advantage rather than an easily replaceable expense item on the profit and loss statement. We really need to start thinking about our employees in a different way. We need to think about them as an asset. The companies that have the best people in the future will be the best companies. The companies that cultivate the best environments will have the most high-performing companies with the most high-performing employees will win. So learning who already exists in your organization can be a real leg up to the people issue that arising and dawning as the people age. And this can be done reasonably easily by creating what I call a personal power profile. Find what people have that can power your organization. And not only does this give the organization a chance to assess the existing talent and skills, but it helps to present a more complete picture of an employee through exercises and assessments and developing this profile to help align the company and the employee needs and values and skills and interests in a way that creates a rewarding experience for both company and employee. Putting the right perspective on this 
is important. And it's a big change of mindset, so it's going to happen slowly. And we need to start now. Putting people in the right positions based not just on what they can do, but what they enjoy doing helps an employee self-engage and self-motivate. And it shows the company cares and sees the employee as a valuable piece of the profit picture. That's where we need to get to in order to attract, retain, and cultivate high-performing employees. And believe me, employees want that. There's that huge disconnect that we've already talked about between companies not seeing qualified employees and employees not seeing opportunity. We can close that disconnect if we take a tact that values our employees, we get to know them better, not only on a personal level, but from a skills and talent perspective. And we start to use that information to satisfy both the company needs and the employee needs. It's a joint effort. It's a two-way street. It's a give and take. And we have to move away from the era where unskilled labor was just taken and used and given very little consideration. People have evolved quite a bit from there, and that's not what they're looking for in a job any longer. So thanks for listening, and I hope the information gave you some insight into how you can change your organization to attract and retain those high-performing employees.